Welcome to GovCast, connecting with federal IT's top decision makers. I'm Alexander Bolova, production lead at GovCIO Media and Research. With me today is staff writer researcher, Jayla Whitfield. Hi, Jayla. Hi, Alex. So you had the opportunity to chat with Francis O'Hearn, CIO at the U.S. Mint, which I believe is a first for GovCIO Media and Research. Jayla, how'd it go? Yeah, it went really well. We got a chance to dive in some of his top priorities in technology and some of the great things that are happening at the U.S. Mint right now. So it was a really good conversation. Uh, he realizes that it's a transformational time in government with all the AI and technology coming about. And he's really trying to work that in and make sure it aligns with the U.S. Mint's mission. So it was a good conversation. Right. And just to make it clear, the U.S. Mint is responsible for printing money, correct? So they don't print the money per se, but they're in charge of making the coins. So the dimes, nickels, all that good stuff that you see, that's what they're in charge of. Gotcha. So I guess that raises an interesting question. We're looking at much more of a manufacturing aspect of federal agencies. How is AI playing a role in something so kind of physical? Yeah, so AI is playing a role in the cybersecurity behind it, uh, in their workforce development. It's beneficial in the way that they're accessing things and producing things and then putting them out. Uh, so it's all behind the scenes. Don't think literally like making the coin. Think of all the behind the scenes action that has to go go into the process at the U.S. Mint. Gotcha. Well, this is a very unique topic and interview for us. So let's not keep our listeners waiting. Let's jump into the interview. Well, hello, Francis. I'm really excited to talk to you about some of the priorities and technology and some of the great things that are happening right now at the U.S. Mint. So thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm looking forward to it. Definitely. So um, I'd love to talk a little bit about some of your roles that you've had in the past and the current role that you're in right now. So how did your previous positions in government as well as your experience in the private sector, help prepare you for the chief information officer role at the U.S. Mint? So uh, I've got a very diverse background, um, kind of been in a lot of different types of roles. Um, so U.S. Navy straight out of college. I was at a um, government service contractor right after that, where it was mostly kind of operational IT, kind of running the data center. Um, then I was in the private side for a couple of years. I worked for Accenture, Ford Motor Company, where I got a lot of background in manufacturing, and then Nextel. Um, then I came back into the federal government as a finance person, actually, at the Patent and Trademark Office. Um, and from there, I moved over to the Department of Treasury, where I was the CTO for the last five years before coming here. Um, so especially having that manufacturing background really helps here at the Mint. And also being the CTO at the department, I was already familiar with the Mint before coming over. And I was really aware of a lot of the issues and problems that they were experiencing here. And, and, and part of the, the team that was helping them 
move forward already, but from the department level. Definitely. It all kind of worked together to help prepare you for that next role. And, you know, you took on that role, that CIO role during the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. And, you know, some would say that was a pretty challenging time. So what challenges did the early pandemic period bring to your role in the IT landscape overall? Sure. So actually, my first day here at Mint was the first day of the government shutdown. Um, so I didn't have any opportunity to kind of get familiar with the organization before they were all working from home. The first most important thing for us was connectivity. I think my predecessors had set us up for that very well, and we were very successful allowing um, most of the administrative type of staff to work from home. Now, obviously, being a manufacturing organization, we still had to have people in the manufacturing facilities doing that work hands-on, um, but we were able to get everybody home in a reasonable amount of time. And that came with a lot of logistics, making sure everybody had laptops, laptops were properly imaged, up to date. And, and that was kind of my first um, assignment when I got here was to get all that up and running as soon as possible. The infrastructure was there, but the usage of the laptops, our inventory of laptops was lagging. So we had to kind of deal with that and some of the logistics of moving them all over the country at that time. Uh, the, the nice thing, though, is that's really set us up for long term success. Um, I think we've done a really good job of continuing to leverage that ability um, to work remotely, but have started to use technologies to collaborate better and better every year. So it was really interesting making sure everybody could get home and get home safely and work from there. Um, but I think it's really worked out well for us. Definitely. I know when a lot of agencies had to switch over to working from home, there was a lot of, you know, making sure that the security aspect was also in place on those computers and everything like that. Was that difficult for you all? Um, from a security standpoint, not so much. Uh, we were kind of already set up for that. I'd, I'd say the biggest issue I had to face was one of culture. Um, the Mint culture was really a, a small organization type of mentality. You, you know, in small IT organizations, they tend to make it up as they go along. Um, so there is really little forward planning within the organization. So trying to move that culture and change that culture was has been difficult. Um, and then the other issue that we had here specifically, I don't think the supervisory staff was really properly prepared for their roles. So when they went remote, that made it much more difficult. So I spent my first year here doing a lot of fundamental training for the supervisory staff to get them ready to use those collaboration tools, not just from a technical perspective, but from a knowledge perspective, understanding what their budget was, how they can manage it, how can you do procurement remotely, things of that nature. Um, so I ended up focusing on that quite a bit in the first year. Definitely. And of course, it's a busy time in government as emerging technology like AI and machine learning, they're reaching new heights. So how has technology impacted the U.S. Mint and its mission? Um, I'm going to say not as positively as it should, um, because we are mostly reactionary. We waited for people to come and ask us to do things for them rather than 
having the ability to look forward and innovate and give them solutions before they really needed them. And that's, that's something I'm trying to do or trying to improve during this turnaround is to get us to be more of a, an innovative forward-looking organization rather than reactionary. So for instance, when I got here, we didn't have a target architecture. As a matter of fact, we still don't, um, but I've launched the initiative to get that done so that we can have a more integrated and comprehensive infrastructure rather than kind of the piecemeal approach that we've had in the past. Um, so fundamentally, you know, we have to do a lot to improve that infrastructure aspect and focus it on the technologies of the future. So we're, we're looking at more agile development in the future. Um, eventually, we want to move to DevOps. We want to move more to the cloud than we're doing today. We do an awful lot on-premises. So those are the things that I'm trying to get the organization ready to make those transitions and, and kind of be forward-looking and thinking about it. The, the other issues that we have here at the Mint with new technology or lack of new technology is our manufacturing side. We used to have a fairly decent ERP solution a long time ago, and that was allowed to kind of fall away over a period of time. So the manufacturing has kind of reverted to doing things the old way with spreadsheets and, and doing it manually. And that's very difficult in a complicated environment where you have three shift operations, multiple people, developing your people and making sure they've got the proper training, the ability to look forward and understand where your workforce is going to be in the future. And then some of the more tactical things like around logistics, making sure you've got um, your raw materials in place, you've got the right staff on the line for any particular day. Those things we're still doing manually. Um, so we're starting to look at an ERP solution for the Mint in a holistic way. Um, so that in our target architecture, and I, I really haven't talked much about this, but cyber as well, bringing all of that together and then having a planned architecture rather than a reactionary architecture, I think in the next couple of years is gonna be very beneficial for us. The, you had mentioned uh, AI and, and those types of technologies. We're kind of focused on RPM and especially from a manufacturing perspective, that's very helpful. So, so things that are repetitive and require some tuning as you go forward is really a, a good opportunity for us. Full-on AI is probably not in the Mint's future anytime soon, but definitely the RPA kind of work is, is definitely there. And I know a lot of people, when they talk about these technologies, they're always mentioning keeping the human in the loop. And some even worry that, you know, these new technologies will decrease the amount of need for the employees. Uh, what do you think about that? Is that something that you could see happening or is it is it the same with keeping the human in the loop on your side? I think it's going to make the people we have more effective rather than give us the ability to, to scale back. There may be a few places where AI and RPM are going to um, replace people, but not so much here. You know, that manufacturing aspect of hands-on, that's already automated. There are a lot of robots and things already existing in the facilities. That shakeout already happened. 
So I, I think it's for us specifically is only going to be, make us more effective. It's not going to necessarily change the workforce. As you guys try to tap into those new technologies, uh, what technology initiatives at your agency are you most excited about right now? So for us, it's probably uh, that doing that ERP, because um, I think that's going to be the biggest beneficiary for the organization. Um, it's going to improve accuracy. It's going to make us more productive. It, it's going to allow us to be more reactive to the environment, such as, you know, one of the things when the, the pandemic hit is there was a huge spike in the demand for coins. Um, people probably didn't think about that, but we were running 24 seven in every one of our circulating plants. So having those technologies allows us to react better to those external changes that are beyond our, our control. And it helps us communicate those changes down throughout the entire value chain right into our, our vendors and um, their ability to respond to us and get us the raw materials as well. So uh, I think that ERP is going to be a huge benefit for us in the future. And then I'm going to say that the other big one that we have is cyber. We are not a high risk organization from a cyber perspective, except we also have a retail organization as part of our, our function. Um, so I'm always worried about people's PII getting out there, especially um, credit card numbers. And I think we're, we're getting ready to make some very good strides in that area, making sure that that's secure. And then the other one that's kind of unique for us um, they're called the industrial control systems. The, the controllers that manage all of those robots and the manufacturing equipment all have processors in them and they're all attached to the internet. So making sure that that's secure is one of the most important things that we're doing now um, because in the past it hasn't been as secure as maybe we want it to be or should be. Um, but we're, we're really close to making that happen now. I was just going to ask about the timeline on, on things like the ERP. Is that something that will be fully functional, like in a certain amount of time frame, or how is that looking? Um, we're really at the planning stages of that. Um, I'm hoping that we can have it all up and running in the next, I'm going to say four years, but I think there are going to be some challenges to implementing that going forward, which is, we share a lot of ERP type functions with the department, which I'll say was partially my fault on the other side. When I was the CTO at the department, we were always pushing shared services that we could do centrally and support across the organization. Well, now, since some of those functions are not central, they have to be integrated into an ERP where rather than be part of a holistic solution, there's going to be a lot of interfaces that we'll have to deal with that you might not if you had all those shared you know, didn't have those shared services and you did everything locally. Um, so that's going to be one of our biggest challenges. But yeah, I'm looking for that maybe within a four-year time frame to at least have significant portions of it. And there, there are because of that shared services aspect, there are already initiatives underway that handles some of that functionality but not all the functionality. And at the end of the day, I think it's gonna end up being a little bit of a hybrid solution rather than an end-to-end -end ERP. And so that's like a four-year time frame. but I know you were just mentioning the cybersecurity and that's something that you guys 
it's a little bit quicker. Like that's going to be done on the faster side, correct? Yeah, absolutely. So we've already started to look at ways to um, improve our firewalls and get us prepped for the zero trust environment. Um, so that's probably looking more at a, a two-year environment to really have us up to speed where we're doing running changes rather than kind of implementing lots of new functionality. So that's definitely much quicker, um, but we're gonna start with those high-risk areas first and, and get those resolved. Um, we'd already kicked off the initiative for the, the industrial control systems. So that's already underway. Um, and we expect that to move along pretty fast too. Maybe within the next year, year and a half, I think we'll have substantial um, implementations in that area as well. Awesome. And I know you mentioned a few challenges just now. Is there any other major challenges that you guys are facing while you're in your role at the Mint? I'm going to be. It's. Uh, I'm going to say it's the sustainability of the culture that I'm trying to instill here. As I said, you know that they were very reactive, and they didn't do a good job of planning across the functional areas. Even within IT, infrastructure wasn't always talking to applications development. They weren't talking to cyber. So what I've been trying to do is break those silos down and put processes in place that really force the communication or, or formalize the communication is probably the better word to, to formalize it and make sure that it happens in the right time and in the right way, um, rather than it always being reactionary. So in the past, somebody would develop something, then they'd go to cyber, cyber would take the time they had to, um, then they would go to infrastructure rather than coming together as a team to begin with and work on these things in a parallel fashion. It was always a series fashion. And again, it was reactionary. None of it was looking forward. So there was no plan that people could anticipate to staff up for and be prepared for, um, make sure their resources in the right place. So we've made a lot of strides in improving that. And really what I'm looking for, the biggest challenge for me is to make that sustainable and make it so it's automatic. So people are doing it the right way as an instinct rather than fighting the changes um, because it's not the way they were used to doing it. Um, so th that cultural change is the one thing that I really want to make sure it gets instantiated here. Definitely. It sounds like you're closing those gaps. And even though COVID was, you know, a pretty difficult time for a lot of agencies, it seems like COVID actually, you know, helped you guys and challenged you all and taught you guys a lot of different lessons along the way. Yeah. And, you know, one of the, the biggest things with COVID and with cyber, because we learned how to work remotely, we can now recruit people remotely. We're not all tied to the Washington, D.C. area. Um, so my cyber staff is kind of spread out across the country now because that's what it took to get some of the best people into the organization. Um, and, and I think that was really an outcome of COVID that we could demonstrate that we can work that way, which allows us to really leverage it to our benefit as well. And, and hiring and retention is, is a big part of that. Definitely. Well, you, you've been there since March of 2020 now, correct? So yep. are you excited about the future? I know, you know, things are changing, continuing to change in the technology space. I guess, how excited are you looking forward to wrap things up here? Um, so, so actually, I'm really excited. Uh, my first year here, actually a year and a half, kind of got disrupted about six months after coming on board. 
uh, I guess it was nine months. They they asked me to step in as the deputy director for the Mint. Um, so I was actually out of IT for a big chunk of those, the early part of my time here. So being able to get back in the role and really focus on it, I was able to re-energize people moving forward. Um, so I think especially over the next year or two, we're going to be able to accelerate those changes. Um, we're, we're already doing a lot of really good things around project management that we hadn't done before in formalizing those communications, um, formalizing the structure of project, making sure that everybody is get, get their, um, their voice heard as they're doing the planning rather than that reactionary mode. So uh, we've made big strides and I think over the next year and a half, we're gonna be able to really solidify that and kind of keep that moving forward. From a technical perspective, uh, I'm, I'm kind of letting the enterprise architecture work that we're doing lead the way. Um, as I mentioned, we don't have a target architecture, but we're going to get one here in the next 12 months. And that's going to be really good because we can use the technologies of today to kind of focus where we want to be in the future. Again, rather than reacting to an issue in our operating environment that just demands a response now. So that means better technology and better integration going forward. And that, that really excites me because I, I think that's just gonna make us so much more effective in the future. Definitely, well, thank you so much, Francis, just for coming on and talking with us. We really, really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Jayla. That was a really interesting interview, very unique perspective. I certainly hope that we hear more from the U.S. Mint soon. But before we let our listeners go, do you have any highlights or takeaways you want to leave them with? Yeah, I think one of the biggest takeaways from the interview that I would say is the way uh, Francis had to transition. He came into the role during COVID, as you guys heard in the podcast. And he really had to face a lot of challenges during that time to make sure that he was building an environment while people were working from home and now that people are back in the office. So he definitely went through a lot uh, walking into this role, and now he's really making sure that everything is working well on the outside. Yeah, not saying that my experience is remotely similar to a CIO at a uh, federal agency, but I also started this role right as the pandemic was starting. So I think Francis and I have both been working for our respective employers for about the same amount of time, but I understand how difficult it is, or I guess it was, maybe it still is, to join a team remotely amidst all that uncertainty. So... Clearly, Francis is doing a fantastic job, despite starting in the middle of so much chaos. And I look forward to seeing what comes next for the U.S. Mint. Well, thank you, Jayla. Listeners can tune in next week for a brand new GovCast. But until then, make sure you're subscribed. And please, if you like what you heard, leave a five-star rating and review as well. I'm Alexander Bolova. I'm Jayla Woodfield. Thank you for listening. GovCast, along with HealthCast and CyberCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. 
for more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to govciomedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released every Tuesday and Wednesday across our shows. You can follow all of them on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. If you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at govcio.com. 